and welcome all to the Misfit Fantasy Football Podcast, episode 18. Yes, we are now officially able to go see oh, rated R movies. Sweet, dude. I no longer need my mom to buy Modern Warfare for me. <laughs> yes, ladies and gentlemen, uh, my name is Taylor Reeves. I'm the co-host. And that gentleman you just heard is the other co-host, Jacob Dupree, a.k.a. Commissioner. Um, yeah, this is the second episode we're recording tonight, um, so we're we're way past uh, jumping the shark. Uh, we're riding the shark. Uh, I am the shark right now. <laughs> you are the shark. I am the tiger, baby. <laughs> I am the tiger shark. You can't stop me. <laughs> All righty, so let's uh, let's get into some topics here. Um, so the first one we have here for the news of the episode. Uh, Jets rookie running back Michael Carter is ready to contribute in a big way, quote unquote, according to the NFL.com. So for those of you that don't know, he was drafted in the fourth round of this year's NFL draft. He uh, was one of the top running backs that uh, Jacob had mentioned in a previous episode. So for those of you who are new to the podcast... Um, yes, this little bird here was mentioned earlier. So please go back, rate and review, check those episodes out. Um, but yeah, so he's joining kind of a little bit of a crowded backfield this year for the New York Jets. We have uh, LaMichael P. Ryan, who is a second year running back, who we also talked about a little bit. Uh, and then they also added in free agency, Tevin Coleman, who hasn't really done a whole lot since he was with the, uh, the Falcons, in my opinion, he had a little bit that was going on with the 49ers, but if I remember correctly, he got injured, correct? Uh, yes. Tevin Coleman, he was the guy who was considered to be the starter at one point in time. But then I don't know. He, he always seems to be like the guy's like, yeah, he's going to rise to the top of the depth chart. And then he craps himself and ends up on the floor. That's what happened when, in Atlanta. It was him and Devonta Freeman for a while. And I think at one point in time, uh, Tevin Coleman was the like running back seven or something with a dual yeah. tandem with Devonta Freeman yeah. and him. And then all of a sudden his career went off the rails whenever he got assigned to San Francisco. I think it's just something in the water out there. It's like where running backs go to die. It's very unfortunate, which kind of scares me about the um, about Trey, Trey Sermon, Sermon being out there. But anyways, it should <laughs> the practice field is on top of an Indian burial burial ground because everybody's injured, including the defense. But yeah, no, uh, it's it's nuts to think about because I I agree with that because when he went out there. Uh, it was like, oh my gosh, he's reteaming with Kyle Shanahan. They're going to have this explosive offense, and then and nothing happened. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, that's going to be the interesting thing for Michael Carter. I mean, if I'm Michael Carter, I'm feeling good about that. Like, oh, really? They added Tevin Coleman? Okay. So, I mean, that's exactly why he's he's saying things such as, my plan is to contribute in a big way going into the year. Um, which, by the way, so Carter was the fifth running back off the board in the draft. So he may end up being kind of a sleeper upset pick unless you're listening to our podcast and you knew it here first. Thanks, great. Uh, so, Jacob, with the Jets revamping the team once again, do you see Michael Carter getting the bulk of the carries and being a potential top 20 running back in fantasy? Or is Carter going, uh, you know, or is he going to – you know, be the next great running back that they hear about in the Jets and then just completely flounders out. I mean, I, I lean more towards the top 20 side. I think right now I have him ranked just outside my top 24, but it's not by much. Um, because that so Robert Saylor is coming over from San Francisco. And so he's going to most likely employ the multiple back. And he's going to say, you know, whoever has the hot hand is going to be the person who gets it. Right. Well, last season, you know, even though I just cut the Michael Piran from our OG Dynasty League, I just cut him off my roster. It kind of hurt me to do so, but I did. But um, so last year he had his opportunities. He didn't really show up that much. He didn't really show out that great. 
I mean, I understand it's Adam Gase and it's an Adam Gase, you know, New York Jets. And so this is like a breath of fresh air or it's like, you know, the big guy walks out of the bathroom stall in the public place and you're walking behind him with the Febreze just spraying it and you're making everything tolerable with that. I feel like Robert Seale is the Febreze right now. He's going to make everything smell a little bit better out there. But I, I definitely think that he has that top 20 upside because who else on that roster is going to catch a pass? I know they have Ty Johnson who filled in pretty adamant or admirably last year every now and then, but I feel like they drafted Michael Carter for a purpose. And I feel like that's going to be the guy that they try to not force feed it. But I think like after the first four or five weeks of seeing how he does in pass protection, I think if he really shows himself true, that I think he'll be on there for all three downs. And I definitely think that he has, you know, that top 20 upside. Yeah. I, I think Michael Carter, it's, it's his backfield to lose uh, going into next year. So it'll definitely be interesting to see what the jets do. Okay, so moving into our second topic, uh, DJ Chark of the uh, Jaguars was saying, um, specifically for the 2021 season, we're going to shock a lot of people this year, uh, according to NFL.com. So despite having never coached in the NFL, Urban Meyer qualifies as a new addition of this club that comes from a background full of success. And, you know, that team is no, no short on success stories, such as starting out with, sunshine himself trevor lawrence (laughs) then we have a dj chark and then of course uh from the previous podcast we have travis Etienne and james robinson battling it out in the backfield and then they have veteran wideout marvin jones uh also joining then um from this year who i picked as a potential um you know who's gonna lead the wide receiver core is uh 2020 second rounder lavisca chenault uh, he'll, they're looking to be in order to help the, get the Jags back on track. So aside from the hope that better days are ahead, perhaps the arrival of Meyer and Lawrence will amount to a bounce back year for Chark, who was a 2019 pro bowler, um, whose production dipped, unfortunately last year, you know, I love Gardner Minshew, uh, that, that dude, that mustache, I tell you what, he, uh, the, the he looks like a fun time. Yes. The George, the mustache and the, the freaking hair. mullet. I'm like, can we get this man on a roster? He's the new age. Oh my God. He's the new age. Ryan Fitzpatrick. I just, I oh, really hope, I really hope this year that like Gardner Minshew and Trevor Lawrence have a podcast and just talk about hair products because <laughs> whatever they're putting in their hair, it's working for them. I don't, I don't know what it is. I, I just want to be like, just get to see Gardner be like, Hey Trevor. So like, uh, what, what do you use there? And He's welcome like, back to gardening your mane with Trevor and Gardner. <laughs> yeah. Today we talk about mane and tail. I, I just feel like Gardner's being like, dude, two words, bush light. <laughs> <laughs> Every morning I put my hair in a can of bush light and it comes out like this, baby. Yeah. Every interview I've heard about Gardner, I'm just like, it's it's bad when Mike Leach is saying he's a weird dude. <laughs> That's really bad. <laughs> so... Uh, back to the main question though, Jacob, uh, who will, uh, will Jark have a, a bounce back year with the Jaguars? And if so, do you see him being a top wide receiver for that team and maybe potentially breaking the uh, top 20 wide receiver mark? Oh, this kind of goes back to another, you know, this is, this isn't one of those tough decisions we didn't include in the last topic in the last mm-hmm. uh, podcast of, you know, Jacksonville wide receivers, because, in camp, you, you're hearing everything about LaVisca Chenault doing everything right. You hear um, 
you hear the fact that DJ Chark is not big enough. He's not fast enough for Urban Meyer. Yeah. Then you have Marvin Jones, who they just went out and you know floated a big contract out to come in, who has been yeah. a very productive um, wide receiver in his own right. And so for me, whenever it comes to DJ Chark himself, I personally am not buying it. I think that it's going to be more of a LaVisca Chenault Marvin Jones thing because I feel like DJ Chark is kind of going to end up in that left behind territory. Yeah. Because, you know, if you think about it, you know, LaVisca Chenault's been utilized in training camp. Then Marvin Jones was signed to come in and he has been, you know, one of the most underrated players in all fantasy football since he's came out of the league. Or since he came into the league, not out of the league. He's still playing second podcast in a row. I can right. do it. <laughs> but it, so I'm personally, am not putting my money on DJ Chark. I think he'll have his times in the sun. I think he'll produce, you know, I think he can be a top 36 wide receiver, but I'm not banking on him to buoy, buoy my fantasy team into success. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree with that. I mean, I, I, I mean, I had talked about on previous podcasts, I think LaVisca Chenault is going to be the number one wide receiver. I think DJ Chark is going to have a bounce back year, but he's clearly the number three wide receiver in that group. Uh, Yeah, so I completely agree with that, but it's going to be interesting to see what the Jaguars do this year. A lot of interesting stories coming out of that group and uh, anything strange and crazy going on in Duval (laughs) County. It's uh, going to be fun to listen to and uh, watch and see what happens. It's going to be the next Florida man newspaper article title. Florida man goes to Jacksonville Jaguars, becomes starting wide receiver, catches a touchdown pass. Brought to you by Flowrider. Um. <laughs> yeah. So DJ Chark's ADP right now is even in the sixth round. And right now, you know, surrounding him, you can get Mike Davis after him, Cortland Sutton, Raheem Mostert's after him, Ronald Jones. I mean, I think there's many better options around DJ Chark that's going to have a higher floor and, you know, just as, just as well as a ceiling. All right. So moving into our final topic for the news of this episode. Dak Prescott is the comeback player of the year favorite, and this is coming out of NBC Sports uh, Pro Football Talk. So DraftKings uh, has one player as the clear favorite for 2021. That happens to be Cowboys quarterback Dak Prescott. He's at plus 175 odds. I don't I don't know uh, gambling, so if anyone <laughs> on the uh, out there knows gambling stuff out there with the Chalk Talk Casino, hashtag should be totally be a uh, sponsor. Yes, please. Um, yeah, you know, could maybe explain this a little bit. Um, but yeah, I, apparently that's good. Put plus one seventy five, and then the next three clear candidates are Saquon Barkley. Ooh, this is a this is a good one. Uh, Joe Burrow, and then of course uh, running back Christian McCaffrey. Hmm. Each of them missed significant time. All four of them. So Jacob, my question to you is: Will Dak win Comeback Player of the Year in fantasy, or do you think it'll be one of the other top candidates? Due to the fact that it's a quarterback's world, and we're just living in it. I mean, I think it's going to be Dak just because, I mean, right now everyone in the industry is so high on all the Cowboys offense because, you know, you don't hear any, the, the most negative thing you hear is, is this Zeke's last year to be elite? That's the, that's the only <laughs> negative thing that you hear. You hear, you know, CD Lamb's supposed to go off for 1,300 yards. Amari Cooper's still supposed to buff off for, you know, 1,200, 1,300 yards. Michael Gallup's a late round sleeper. Blake Jarwin's a sleeper. Even Tony, even Tony Pollard, people are saying could have flex appeal in you know, the later rounds. So I mean, I think if all of that's to come to fruition, it's going to be Dak Prescott throwing for you know fifty five hundred plus yards and forty touchdowns plus, and that's the only way that he can do it. Because I mean, Joe Burrow is going to be coming in, I think, hot on his tail. But I mean, it's it's Dak Prescott's award to lose. Basically, that's kind of how I'm looking at it. He just has to be better than better than good. I know we you know because people view him as great. 
I think he just has to settle for being better than good. He, he's he's, he's very good. He's muy bueno. He's very good. Um, I think, I think, yeah, I think Dak is the, uh, the player to win. I have him picked, uh, you know, that was one of, uh, shoot your shot. I picked him to be the, uh, the MVP of the league, uh, this coming year. I think Dak has a lot of upside, obviously coming back with all those weapons and hopefully with a health, healthy offensive line. Um, yeah, I think Joe may be hot on his heels, but honestly, I think it's going to be Christian McCaffrey just because the way he's able to produce at such a highly efficient rate, um, and he's, I think, honestly going to be Sam Darnold's best friend <laughs> because I don't see <laughs> Sam Darnold. Uh, I feel like Sam's going to be like, oh, gosh, I can actually have a running back that can like catch the ball out of the backfield with the offensive line. Because I think Joe Brady is going to draw it up that way, being able like we got to be able to reestablish Sam's confidence. And the first way it starts, that is hand the ball off to Christian, toss the ball to Christian. All right. Toss it, toss the screen pass to Christian. Okay. Now go. we're good to go. Now we can get, get into Robin and uh, Robbie Anderson and some of the other guys. into the. You offense. just made Dayton a very happy person by saying all of that. <laughs> I'm sure he did. Um, but yeah, so it, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Can't wait for football to come back. My friend. Hey, it's only 10 Sundays away. Like, let that sink in. Okay. For instance, our Stranger Danger Dynasty League, we're drafting. And that was amazing. We're drafting in 13 days. Okay. And then a rookie draft will be sometime in August. In the OG Dynasty League, it's only, I believe, 56 days, 53 days. One of those two. It's within the 50 day time period. Okay. 54. I was close. Dang it. But yeah, when you just around the corner. (laughs) <laughs> yeah when you commit to play fantasy games with us it's a commitment uh it, it, you don't just do it um you know because i'm all about making making my leagues great dang it i don't want it to suck i don't want there to be four engaged owners or managers and then eight people who could give a less of a care that's garbage that's how people quit leagues and that's how people like run away from fantasy football for forever and we're not just talking about fantasy football we're talking about like magic any type of fantasy game it's a commitment Listen. Dungeon D and D, you better be in every day. You better bring bring those dice in hot, or otherwise I'm kicking <laughs> you to the curb. Magic the Gathering, you better come out here with your freaking cards and sleeves facing the right direction, and we're gonna get going, dude. All righty, ladies and gentlemen. So we're gonna take a quick commercial break, and we'll be right back after that glorious ah man, that, that dude who <laughs> so does good. the uh, the commercial. He really he really knows what he's talking about. I tell yeah. you. So yeah. enjoy this one. Uh-huh. It's not me. Don't worry. It's not me. <laughs> me <laughs> hello and welcome back to the misfit fantasy football podcast and welcome to the main topic for episode 18 this is a uh, new segment for us we're uh, calling this the divisional breakdown yes we're finally getting into the divisional breakdown because as jacob said before the glorious uh, commercial there um, air, air quotes glorious quote unquote whoa 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 leave, leave, leave it alone um <laughs> We're, we're going to start breaking down the, uh, the divisions uh, because we are, like you said, 10 Sundays away uh, from football being back. So we really need to start kind of kicking the tire on this and trying to get it figured out. Uh, right now, the, uh, uh, the, the the breakdown is that we're going to do each division. So that's like eight episodes and then uh, potentially a ninth one going to be playoffs slash uh, award season. But we'll, we'll, we'll get there. We'll let you know. Don't worry about it. If you are a rate and subscribe to us, you see us on the Twitter, uh, we got you covered there. So, Jacob, if you wouldn't mind explaining what the divisional breakdown is all going to entail, and today's episode is going to be over the NFC South. 
So pretty much today we're going to be going over the Falcons, the Saints, the Panthers, and then the Buccaneers. And we're going to just kind of be giving our takes on the fantasy players on those rosters. Then also, you know, you know, as a fantasy player, we tend to focus just on the fantasy outputs, but we're also going to look at the kind of the real world football of the situation, see who comes out on top in that division. And, you know, just then afterwards, we're going to pick our divisional our divisional positional MVPs just to kind of just for funsies, just to say who we think is going to be the best of that division. And that might stem itself into, you know, divisional all-star rosters playing against the other divisions and just picking who would win that just for funsies because we can. Or just to take on uh, LeBron James and the Looney Tunes. I'm just oh, saying. That, that too. That too. It, it could totally happen. All right. So we're going to start out with the recap of the 2020 season. So the New Orleans Saints, uh, Drew Brees is last year. What an incredible uh, career that gentleman had. Uh, they went 12 and four. Um, they lost in the division round of the playoffs to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, uh, who finished 11 and five in that division with. Tampa Brady, uh, Tom Brady, the goat, uh, won his seventh record, seventh Super Bowl. Just think about that for a second. Seven. That's ridiculous. Did you hear his quote that he came out with recently? It's kind of one of my favorite. Uh, I don't know. What did he say? What did he say? What did he, he say? Said, he said he's got 10 fingers. One of them is for his uh, wedding. So that means he's got at least two fingers left to fill. Oh my gosh. I, t- talk about a guy who is enjoying his best life right now. It's like as soon as he left New England, it was like a 30-pound boulder was like released from his shoulders. I mean, he was able to get Gronk out of retirement. I feel like <laughs> him and Tom were talking about it like the the 28 after they won the Super Bowl. They're like, hey, Gronk, why don't you go take the air off and uh, we'll reconvene later. Okay, Probably. well, let's, just, let's like, just meet up in Florida. He's like, listen, go get healthy and then I'll call you when we can go surf, okay? That's the reason I'm not buying at all what Julian Edelman is saying. I think he's coming back, not this year, but next year for Tom's 45th season. Oh, stop. Stop. (laughs) Yeah. And then we had Carolina finishing five and 11. Uh, For those of you who are like watching the ESPN draft coverage, it was like every other day and every podcast that Todd McShay was a part of. Anytime he talked about Carolina, he was like, yeah. You know, they were at the the coaches were at the senior bowl and they were talking about how, you know, there was six games. They were within seven points, uh, you know, of winning that ball game. Well, you know, that that, that is very true. And to Carolina's credit, they, um, you know, booted their quarterback, uh, TJ Bridge. Uh, sorry. Teddy Bridgewater, TJ, good Lord. <laughs> Teddy, Teddy Bridgewater, he uh, got traded to the Broncos, uh, which will be on our next topic there. And then finishing in fourth uh, for the NFC South, the uh, Atlanta Falcons at four and 12. Yeah, that, that, there uh, it is. That, that's, the, uh, that's the lineup right there. Okay, I, right, I, 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 didn't really leave, I didn't really leave. <laughs> I did not leave that up. Well, I apologize. Um, so... We have some notable ads and subtractions, and I'm only going to talk about the ones that aren't rookie related. So first and foremost, Julio Jones uh, is gone. Uh, we talked about how Drew Brees retired. Uh, Sam Darnold was traded from the Jets to Carolina. So, you know, we're hoping Joe Brady and Matt Rule and company are able to kind of figure that out, hoping that they're able to win a few more games in 2021 and to be able to keep their jobs in year two in Carolina. And then with the retirement of Drew Brees, we have a new sheriff in town uh, where there's a QB battle going on in New Orleans between Jameis Famous Winston and Taysom Hill. 
so, you know, there's some notable things happening in the NFC South. And then also, of course, you know, the defending Super Bowl champions trying to repeat. Uh, some notable rookies, the only one that I could find, uh, to my knowledge in, in commissioner, you may, uh, be able to find a couple more, uh, off the top of your head. I just have Kyle Pitts as being the, uh, the only one, uh, which in my opinion is more than enough. Cause he is a magical unicorn. I mean, he is a magical unicorn. It's fantastic. I mean, you have the Panthers added Terrace Marshall, you know, wide receiver, uh, yeah. that will kind of bring some depth to that position group i know you I have completely a U- forgot about him yeah you have a udfa known as name is javion hawkins who's with the falcons um, who might be pushing for some passing down work from mike davis okay but as, when it comes to the saints i can't really think of anyone you know offensively it's going to help with fantasy off the top of my head i can't really think of anyone with uh, tampa bay i know they they actually they got a pick up jalen darden who i think was north texas all-time receiving yards leader and he is like yak master he's like five nine a bucks buck 70 buck 80 but man is he shifty as heck sounds perfect um there the the other one uh ryan ramchek he signed a five-year deal uh re-signing with the the saints so that was a big one that we talked about uh in the uh episode yeah. 16 or sweet 16 oh those are the days we're going up so fast i know taxes um, are now due yeah, exactly. Oh my gosh. Uh, yeah. So a lot of different, a lot of shuffling going on. The thing that I see most though, is obviously why Tom Brady came down there is he knew that there was going to be a lot of shuffling. So it's basically him, Matt Ryan, and a bunch of other people, uh, is so, uh, basically, is basically how I see it. True. So what, what team do you want to go with first? Um, why don't we, uh, let's start out with the easy one. Let's start out with Tampa Bay. Oh, what I figured you were going with. So I think that whenever it comes to this offense, you know, fantasy football wise, you know, we talked about it last podcast again, where the ADP of the skill positions are actually pretty close. Like I know you have Chris Godwin and Mike Evans. They're both falling, I think within the mid third round area, you have Antonio Brown in the 10th, and then you have Ronald Jones and Leonard Fournette, both in the seventh and eighth rounds, I believe, but they're like, you know, two picks apart. And what this tells me is, kind of odds makers and fantasy analysts and everyone's kind of looking at it saying this offense is going to be good. We just don't know who's going to be consistently good. And so for me as a fantasy player, that tells me I want the quarterback because the ball has got to go through his hands every single play. And so that means if you're expecting this to be a top five, top, you know, seven offense, something like that, Tom Brady is going to have to have to throw for 4,000 plus yards, 4,500 plus yards, and I can see that he has 40 touchdown, 40 passing touchdown upside because he's throwing to Mike Evans. He's throwing to Chris Godwin. He's throwing to Antonio Brown, Gronk, OJ Howard, Leonard Fournette, Giovanni Bernard. I mean, Cameron Bright. Cameron Bright. I mean, he's got just a whole scroll of people he can literally just throw to. And so for me, I would be prioritizing like my favorite Tampa Bay player to draft is going to be Tom Brady because. Other than him, there's not like a real condensed workload. It's going to be everyone's going to be sharing the load. Everyone's going to be taking whatever Tom's going to be able to give to them and whatever the offense sets up for because he's a great quarterback. Like he is easily <laughs> probably the best quarterback of all time. And he's not going to force feed one player the ball. He's going to make the smart play and he's going to get the yards that he can get. So from a fantasy side, I love me some Tom Brady. He's yeah, no, it's, it's, 
it's incredible the amount of players that they've been able to amass since Tom Brady has arrived in Tampa Bay. And it's, I have them projected right now to go 14 and three, uh, losing to the Rams in week three, um, and then losing at New Orleans. And then I have them losing a week 17 against Carolina simply for the fact of that. I think they're going to have everything wrapped up and they're just going to take their, their, their buy there and uh, to be able to rest up in case, you know, they finish second or not. I haven't finished my pr- projections yet. So that, I, anyways, but yeah, so well, 14 and three, that's obscene. I only have them at 13 and four. Come on, dude. That's crazy. Oh, oh, my, God, oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So, and you know what the cool thing is, is if I am uh, Bruce Arian or if I'm Brian Leftwich, I'm going, I have so many different game plan options. I can go in with different options every week i can start you know i can start and go in with a three wide receiver you know for the for the for that game plan i can go in next week and go in with the uh, two tight end system i can go with the three tight end system i can do the two running back system three running back system shoot we may might even bring back the wishbone at this point oh, no don't no. do that don't, <laughs> don't, don't do that um but but you get what i'm saying though the, the options are endless and it's going to be extremely difficult to be able to beat these people it, I mean, the team is just phenomenal. It's loaded. They're ready to go. They're ready and for the defense. defense. And the defense is all the way back. Like this team literally everybody, returned everybody every, every single, everybody's back. The band is literally back together. And so like this team from a football standpoint, if you're in that division, like say, you know, I would say probably the second best team in that division is most likely actually, I don't know. Wow. I just thought about that. There's not really a second best team. It's, exactly. Yeah. It's Tampa Bay and then everybody else. So let's, we'll just pick on the AKA they have seized (laughs) pretty much. We'll just, we'll just say uh, new Orleans because I think they probably have the second best defense in that division. Okay. How are they going to cover that team? You have Marshawn Lattimore who's out there. I mean, he can take, we'll say Mike Evans is gone. Mm -hmm. Then you have Antonio Brown and Chris Godwin still running for running routes from either the slot or from out wide. Then you're going to have Gronk and OJ Howard and, who's running through the middle. And while Gronk has lost a step, OJ Howard is not, he is still a spry young chicken and he's still massive. I mean, didn't they have that entire offensive line back and they have, I think they have one of the best rated off rookie offensive linemen from last season. You know, he had one of the best seasons of all yeah. time. And so I mean, what, what do you do? Your best. That, that's what you do. You do your best. You do your you best everyone, and you go into coverage. <laughs> you put everyone in zone. You say, all right, don't let anyone behind you and just, give them five yards at a time, try to stop them if you can. And, and that's the reason I think they're going to beat them at least once. And it's going to be in New Orleans. Sean Payton's going to have that team ready to go. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't see anything spectacular with them or Carolina for, uh, either for, for that, for that matter. Uh, I have them both projected going seven and 10. And then I have Atlanta at six and 11. Uh, I think Carolina is going to improve next year, but they're still just like leap years away. One of two things is going to happen in Carolina. Either this little experiment they have with Sam Darnold's going to work out and they're going to give him this big, huge QB extension or quarter, uh, contract extension. Matt Rill's going to get extended and Joe Brady's going to get extended. And yep. then probably, I think this thing's honestly going to run its course in the next three to five years. Um, Sam's going to be better. And then all of a sudden everything's going to completely fall apart. And Joe Brady is going to be the new head coach of LSU. Yeah. Ah, see, I, I have a little bit more faith in the Panthers. I definitely think that they're, they made some good moves to take the next step. I mean, Sam Darnold, when he came out of the draft, he was one of the youngest players that's ever been out there. I mean, he was throwing NFL passes as a 19, 20 year old. 
Right. So I mean, like, let that sink in while we, you know, we're typically attending our freshman year of campus trying to figure out which is the right building to go into. He's throwing to superstar, you know, athletes. He's throwing to the top percentage of the world of athletic talent. And so let I this definitely... sink in. He's the same age as Joe Burrow. Yeah. And, he, <laughs> you know, seriously, like, that's a yeah. very valid point. He has four years of experience under his belt versus Joe Burrow's, like, six games. Yeah. And yet everyone's disregarding him and throwing him off. I'm like, okay, he's played with Adam Gase for the past two years, correct? Yeah. Before that, I remember the, the year before Adam Gase took over, he was being talked about uh, about being you know a sleeper quarterback to be top 12 because he has all the arm talent. He has the potential, all the potential in the world. But because he played for that dumpster fire known as Adam Gase, he couldn't do it. And so that's why there's such a stank on every New York Jet player. But anyways, moving on, moving on. Sorry for that noise there. My mic fell over. No, it's okay. Jesus forgives. I don't. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) And then, uh, but we do feel, I I think we kind of talked about about this beforehand. We do have a disagreement about that last team that I have projected at 6-11 and uh, with the uh, Atlanta Falcons. Yeah, I mean, so... So for instance, so my, my other team, I have Tampa Bay at 13 and four. I think the only difference is I have them losing to uh, Indianapolis just because I think Indianapolis is going to, they're going to be saltier than people expect. And so I I fully expect that to be a very good game, but I have them at 13 and four. And then I actually have um, Atlanta and Carolina tied at eight and nine. Wow. Okay. Okay. I think based off of divisional tiebreakers, I think Carolina is actually in second. And then I have New Orleans down at seven and 10, but even that one's one that I'm, I'm not real certain on. Yeah. So, for instance, they're either going to – I think they're going to be under 500 this year regardless. Mm-hmm. My only thing is currently I have them beating Carolina in week two. That one I can see flipping very easily. I really can because I can buy into Carolina's process. I can buy into them taking that next step up. I've been Sam Darnold believer. I think that they're set up for success, especially now that they have Christian McCaffrey back, who I think is going to bolster that offense. But, yeah, you have Atlanta at – like what six and eleven? Six and eleven, yeah. See, I think that's crazy because for me, you still have a Matt Ryan led offense. You you know they're not going to run the ball twenty times a game because they have Mike Davis, Cotter right. Allison, and you know just a bunch of guys. So it's going to be Matt Ryan throwing the ball to Calvin Ridley, Kyle Pitts, and Russell Gage. Right. And I think anytime that you can put it into one of the greater passing quarterbacks of our time. I think you got a fighting shot. That defense last year was injured all over the place. So that's half the reason why they were so bad. And so, like, for instance, I can see them sneaking up on a couple teams. Like, I can see them going into Dallas. I can see them beating Dallas because Dallas has a horrible defense. They've done nothing to improve it. As a matter of fact, I would they have their head coach as the DC. <laughs> yes. And so I can definitely see them sneaking into Dallas and beating. Like, I currently don't have it projected that way. But that's one that I can see flip. I can see them sweeping the Saints this year. I really can because really I can because think about it. I mean, what do the Saints have to offer? Famous Jameis. Okay, thirty, <laughs> Mister Five Thousand Thirty for Thirty himself. Thirty Thirty Club. I just think that whenever it comes down to it, I will trust Matt Ryan. I will trust Calvin Ridley, and I will trust potentially in Kyle Pitts to be able to go off and win games they arguably shouldn't. Because unfortunately in the NFL, if you can score 35 points a week, you're going to catch a lot of dubs. And I definitely can see this offense as a potential because they have to throw the ball so much to score 35 points every week. Yeah, I don't, 
I don't know about that. I think, I think from a fantasy perspective, their offense is going to be terrific. Uh, I, all the players that you mentioned, including Russell Gage, I think he's going to be a, a dark horse this year as a wide receiver. Uh, I think their offense is going to be just fine. And, and I agree with you. They're going to probably average anywhere from 35 to 38 points, but I'm, I'm still not buying, even though the injuries to the defense, yeah, they were completely atrocious, but even with them being better, I mean, even you even said, so yourself, they're going to be eight, nine. So I don't see them being able to win those games. I know it's, it's Jameis Winston and Taysom Hill, but it's something about these quarterback coaches minus Mike McCarthy. <laughs> that, I'm just impressed you even put him in that category. Well, yeah, exactly. Uh, well, it, it was the uh, camouflage known as Aaron Rodgers. When your QB is ah. winning MVPs, you look like a genius. Uh, I mean, yeah, look at Adam Gase. Peyton Manning was his quarterback. Got exactly. Jobs. He got Ruined two Ryan jobs Daniel. out of it. Exactly, Ruined exactly. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, you know, with both those guys, I just feel like I feel like with um, Sean Payton being able to do something with Jameis Winston and be able to minimize some of the interceptions. And, and, and here's the thing. The bar is so low for Jameis. If he's able to improve upon that, he still had a, a QB four PPR uh, season in 2019 with the 5,100 30, 30 club. So if he's able to limit some of the interceptions, I mean, the uh, even if he had something around like 43 to 4,500 yards, that's still going to be a pretty awesome season for Jameis Winston. And someone's going to be very happy as a fantasy owner being able to pick him up. Yeah. I mean, I guess. So for instance, you know, we'll talk about, you know, kind of this real quick and then we'll go back into picking like, you know, fantasy players and positions, yep. you know, like kind of yep. who to target from that. Uh, so like for the saints, Here's they have a, a very difficult, I believe, right here. It's an eight-game stretch from week five to week thirteen. They play at Washington. Yes, amazing defense. They have a bye week. They play at Seattle. I don't think that team is better than the Seahawks. They play. They play a home game against Tampa Bay. I don't care. Tampa Bay is going to win. They play Atlanta. I think that. I think once again, that's one of those games that I have circled on my calendar as a game that could flip either direction. Then okay. they go. Then the Saints travel to Tennessee. Then they travel to Philadelphia and then they come home and they play the Bills in Dallas. Now, of those eight, that eight week stretch, I have them winning against Atlanta and Philadelphia because I don't think that team is better than the Washington football team. I don't think that they're going to beat Russell Wilson in Century Link Field. I don't think they're going to beat Tom Brady because Tom Brady is the GOAT. I don't think they're going to beat Tennessee because how are they going to stop Julio and AJ Brown and Derrick Henry? I don't think they're going to beat the bills because who's going to stop Stefan Diggs, Gabe Davis, you know, Josh Allen. I don't think they're going to beat Dallas because who's going to stop Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, CD lamb, Zeke, Dalton Schultz. I just, I don't see it right there. And I, I think that, you know, the difference of those, the games that I think they're going to lose is they're going to fall behind and they're not going to be able to catch up. That's my biggest concern with the saints. I think if they get down too much, they're not going to going to have the efficiency or the ability to, you know, have the passing offense to keep up and to catch back up. Yeah, no, it's definitely going to be interesting to see what happens. Um, I, I agree with you. I think they're going to beat Philadelphia. I, I agree. Also, I think the football team and the Seahawks, I think those are both L's. 
Uh, where we kind of differ is I, like you said, the flip-flop game. I mean, it could go either way. I picked them beating Atlanta, but I actually picked them beating Tampa Bay because it is a home game in New Orleans. And it's a week before a bye week for Tom Brady and company. And I just feel like with that group, if they're going to lose, they're going to lose in September and October, kind of more of that similar Patriot, um, blueprint where they're getting in into things people forget that you know the the tampa bay buccaneers were seven and five going into december uh so i mean if if i mean that's just Patton and tom brady if he's going to get losses it's going to be early on in the season and if they get something uh, if they get a late loss in the season it's like oh my gosh what's going on <laughs> yeah so i i agree it's definitely going to be interesting it's it's basically uh tom brady and tampa versus everybody else that's you know rest of that division so I, I agree with that. So moving into the final topic for our first divisional breakdown is who are our best projected fantasy players at each position for our quote unquote divisional all-stars. We have uh, fantasy quarterback, fantasy running back, fantasy wide receiver, and fantasy tight end. Uh, I mean, I think the obvious and the probably the consensus one between both of us that the MVP of this division for quarterback is easily Tom Brady. Oh, I don't yeah. think there's any debate, any question about that at all. Just because, I mean, come on. Like, do it's we, we even need to yeah. go further into it? Or is it, you know, say we've talked about that plenty enough. I mean, he now, finished is, QB7 last year. I think the only person that maybe has a decent shot of, of reaching it is, is uh, Matt Ryan, but it's a it's a far second. Yeah, he, he's definitely one of those potential. It's gonna going to have to be like Mike Davis just falls flat on his face and is Todd Gurley in the last half of last year. <laughs> and when it comes to running back, I think that there's not a competition. I think it's Christian McCaffrey. I I really don't. I don't see Alvin Kamara doing what he did. You know, run CMC is my number one running back, and Alvin Kamara is barely holding on to being number 11. Like, every time I look at my rate, my rankings, I want to drop him a little bit further because I'm more and more concerned. No, I, I, I agree with that. Those are the top two that's going to be competing for the division for the running back, and I completely agree. If Christian McCaffrey is fully healthy – and running on all four cylinders, he's without a doubt not only the top running back out of this division, but arguably the top running back and potentially one of the top five like fantasy producers. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Like, you know, if I'm ranking the rest of the running backs, it's going Christian McCaffrey, Alvin Kamara, um, then it's going exactly and then it's going, yeah. And then I, I mean, I think it'd be like, you know, like 10 steps down, Mike Davis. Then another 10 step, like two steps down to Leonard Fournette and Ronald Jones, just because of the uncertainty of who's going to be getting the carries and who's going to be getting what touches from that backfield. Yeah. Now, the only thing I'd probably switch on that is I'd probably it'd go Ronald Jones, Lenny, and then Mike Davis at the bottom, in my opinion. This is weird. You were defending Mike Davis at the start, and I was dogging him. Now I'm over here like, Mike Davis is my boy. You get that disparaging word out of your mouth. It's getting later in the night, and I'm getting very, <laughs> very tired. I'm just... <laughs> I'm an old man, okay? I'm an old soul. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right, Jacob, who's your top wide receiver out of this division? Top, I mean, top wide receiver for me, and I think this is another one of the easy picks, is Calvin Ridley. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Don't even blink. I don't even care because you look at the condensed, you know, targets that he's going to get because that offense is going to be Calvin Ridley, everybody else. Yeah. That's pretty much it. Like if you look at that passing attack, it's most likely going to be Calvin Ridley, about 
10 steps backwards, Kyle Pitts, a couple steps back, Russell Gage. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree with that. And then I, I think from a wide, re- wide receiver perspective, the only people that I could see potentially competing with him is Godwin and Evans. But as we talked about on the previous episode, episode there's a lot of mouths to feed in that Tampa Bay offense, and it's going to be difficult to see that. I see Michael Thomas taking a step back this year, um, as we've discussed on previous episode. And, um, and then Robbie Anderson, like he, he may like show some flair, but I don't really know. And then is Curtis Samuel still there? No, he's with the football team, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So like, I I think in this division, I think Calvin Ridley is, you know, kind of like we said with, um, Tom Brady, like Calvin Ridley is the established, like no one's going to really come close to him. But Mm -hmm. I think that if someone is going to challenge for that, I have two people and one of their names might actually shock you. I mean, Michael Thomas is one of them just because, if he gets the condensed workload and he catches every pass that they throw, I mean, obviously he's going to skyrocket up the success or skyrocket up fantasy rankings. See, look, it's late. It's getting to me too now. But I, I think the, the other guy is potentially Robbie Anderson. Yeah. I say that because, you know, he's former teammates of Sam Darnold. And last season through the first half of the year, he was a top 12 wide receiver in PPR leagues. He just had really bad touchdown luck. I mean, yeah. I think he had 90 catches and he only had three touchdowns, four touchdowns. It's, if that it's comes sad. back to the mathematical average, he should have had eight, which would have put him as a top 15 running wide receiver at the end of the year, I think. Yeah. So that's my kind of my, my dark horse for that. I mean, I'm probably staying away from the Tampa Bay receivers. So if I'm ranking them, it's going, you know, I'll just go top five. It's Calvin Ridley, Michael Thomas, um, probably – Robbie Anderson, DJ Moore, and then at five, I'm going to have Mike Evans. I just really think that Carolina passing it. Like if Teddy Bridgewater can support two top 24 wide receivers, I'm pretty sure Sammy D can up that. Oh, yeah. No, without without a question. All right. So moving into our final position for fantasy player in the divisional breakdown for the NFC South. Who is your number one tight end, sir? And I think this one is, uh, you know, a (laughs) no-brainer. Yeah, I mean – it's Kyle Pitts. He's got the best chance of all of those tight ends to collect targets and to be a receive, you know, a good receiving threat for his team. Tampa Bay is too crowded because you have five potential options when you add in the two tight ends. Carolina well, they have three tight ends in, in in Tampa Bay that potentially could be a starter with yeah. Gronk, team. OJ Howard, yeah, Cameron Braid. Yeah, and then I mean, with Carolina, I think it's Ian Thomas is. They're starting tight ends. I believe so, yeah. Which Gross. exactly it doesn't really yeah, ring it, a bell. And then with New Orleans, really was it Cook? Jared Cook's still it's, there? Nope, he's with the Chargers. It's not. Oh, see, there Trout you go. <laughs> it's the Trout. But oh, I, I do. Yeah, th- I do think, like, obviously, you know, ranking them, it's going to go Pitts, everybody else. I will actually put Troutman second because. I feel like he has the potential to be the third option behind Michael Thomas and potentially Alvin Kamara with that mm-hmm. passing attack. It just kind of depends on who's quarterback. Like if it's Jameis Winston, I right. think he's going to be targeted above Alvin Kamara. If it's Taysom Hill, I think it's going to be Kamara over Troutman, but Adam Troutman's definitely a good breakout candidate. And I mean, redrafts, you can get him at the end of the draft in dynasty. You can probably acquire him for the cheat because he's a tight end going into his, I think second year. And his last name is Troutman. He sounds like a fish. 
Yeah, so Kyle Pitt is definitely going to be the pit boss for the tight ends this year and, uh, <laughs> for the NFC South. Yeah, yeah, see? Been watching some casino. Uh, anyways, uh, so with that, let's recap a little bit. Uh, let's talk about, real quick, our uh, projection. So I think we have the same here as far as the, the only difference is uh, the Atlanta at the bottom. So we have Tampa Bay, we have Carolina and Atlanta fighting uh, on your side. But for me, I have Carolina and New Orleans fighting for that two and three spot. And then I have Atlanta at the bottom, whereas you have New Orleans at the bottom for the projected records. Um, And then for the picks, we have Tom Brady as our QB. We have Christian McCaffrey being our top running back. We have Calvin Ridley being our top wide receiver. And finally, Kyle Pitts being the top tight end coming out of the NFC South. And and I will say, I don't think any team from this division will win a wild card berth because they're all going to be under 500 by the end of the season. You know, as of my projections, I definitely think my sleeper for this division is probably going to, it's, it's a mixture between Adam Troutman and I think actually correction it's Robbie Anderson I said earlier that he could contend to be the number two wide receiver for this division right behind Michael Thomas so I mean I I think if you can get Robbie Anderson where you can get him in drafts I just think that there's a good shot that he can surprise people and that he can be the number one in Carolina because of his you know former relationship with Sam Darnold like that they had in uh, New York. All righty, so we're going to wrap up this glorious podcast episode. Uh, As we come to an end here, we just want to say thank you to everyone who has been listening. Uh, Thank you so much. Uh, Please rate and review. Give us a five-star rating wherever you're listening to us, such as Anchor Podcast, Breaker, Google Podcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, Spotify, and, of course, Apple Podcasts. Jacob, why don't you tell the fine folks where they can send in a little message or a little tweeter and you can send me that little tweeter on the twitter sphere at misfit underscore ff when you can you can hit us up with all your cake recipes your hate mail you know your questions commissioner questions all that fun stuff or if you want to send us an email and remain more anonymous you can send it to us at v.misfit.ff at gmail.com all righty with that ladies and gentlemen Uh, We say adios and we'll see you again soon. We did it. We recorded two in one night and it wasn't horrible, right? (laughs) Right? Everybody, right? Yeah, it was good. It was good. Okay. Adios. I'm going to bed. 